Praise God for the Lord. He is a haven of rest. Amen. Let's take our Bibles tonight. Please turn to Psalm 63. Uh, Psalm 63 tonight. It's titled the Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Brother, I don't know exactly for sure, 100% sure what the historical situation is here, but I know David is king. Uh, When you get there, look down at verse 11 quickly. Short Psalm, verse 11 is the last uh, verse. David refers to himself as the king, so it's after the time of Saul. Brother Mike, good to see you tonight. Uh, David is king, and uh, he's uh, out in the wilderness uh, longing for the Lord and his presence, his special presence at the tabernacle. Uh, So I don't know, but this could be the time when he fled out of Jerusalem, Mike, at the time of the difficulty with Absalom and Absalom's uh, revolt. Uh, against his dad. That, that's probably the idea here. I want you to see tonight here a number of things. Um, David's response to the trial tonight, Brother Art, is, I mean, it's, it's, it's textbook. It's, it's, uh, I believe it's the culmination of many of the things that God taught David about how you respond to trials back when he hadn't done that well earlier in life when he was dealing with trials regarding Saul. Remember that, right? We've seen a lot of those things recently. David did a lot of things right when he was facing opposition from Saul, but other times it just it was wrong, right? He, he didn't go to the Lord the way he should have. He didn't, seek, he didn't always seek direction the way he should have. Didn't always seek that early enough. And so clearly God used those trials to teach him some things, Brother Mike. And I don't know about you tonight, but I'm okay with God using trials to teach me some things. Are you okay with that? I think, Gary, you'd say yes. I'm putting words in your mouth, but one blank means yes, right? So uh, we, we praise God for that tonight. I want you to see, I'll, I'll give you four uh, main points tonight. I want to tell you what they are first, and then we'll, we'll see them. I want you to see tonight that um, David sought the Lord early in this trial. He did not wait. There was a trial, uh, and he sought the Lord. I want you to see secondly tonight that having done that, he, he began to be comforted when he meditated on who the Lord is and what the Lord is like. He, he, he cried out for the Lord. He began to meditate on who the Lord is and, and, and what the Lord is like, and he was comforted by that. Aren't you glad tonight that, that we can do the same thing? We can cry out to the Lord. We can seek him early in a trial. We can consider who the Lord is and uh, and be comforted uh, by who we know him to be. Uh, having done that, David rejoiced. Uh, even though he, he had been, literally been run out of Jerusalem, uh, he's able to rejoice in the face of this trial. Uh, and, and having done all of this, he's blessed with a wonderful, calm anticipation of the Lord's help. That sounds good to me, Brother Gary. And uh, as we face trials, uh, whether it's something today or something in the future, uh, here's a, here's a, Brother Art, I said textbook. The Bible is our textbook, right? It's a wonderful textbook outline from the Lord, how to face a trial, how to face a trial. So I want to read through the psalm tonight. I'll let you sit, but I want to read through it. We'll pray. We'll jump in here, make some observations here. Uh, psalm 63, again, title Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. He says in verse 1, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. 
because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Verse 5, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Verse 7, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Verse 9, he continues, but those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But, verse 11, the final verse, but the king, David, but the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory, but the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Praise God. Uh, praise God tonight. David's longing for the Lord. David's longing for the Lord. Let's pray. We'll jump in here. Father, thank you. Uh, tonight for David's example. Lord, no doubt you've instructed him and taught him uh, through previous trials. Lord, you've taught him, no doubt, to seek you early in a trial. You've taught him, no doubt, uh, to be comforted as he meditates on who you are and what you're like. Lord, you've taught him that he, if he'll do that, he can rejoice in the face of difficulty. And Lord, you've taught him, no doubt, that you bless, you'll bless with a calm anticipation of your help. Father, I thank you so much tonight for David's response to what clearly is a, is a great difficulty. Lord, I pray tonight that we'd see this response and uh, understand it's a template. It's a template for our own response to trials. Lord, help us to take this up. Help us, Father, tonight to make it our own template for re responding to trials. And uh, Lord, anticipate your help and, and rejoice, uh, and Lord, to anticipate uh, a blessing of, of calm comfort as we anticipate your goodness toward us. Lord, I thank you tonight for who you are. Thank you for working in my life, in, in my family, uh, in my church family. I pray that you help me tonight, Lord, as we look at this great psalm. Father, I love you. I thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, David was no stranger to trials, right? Gary, it seemed like, you know, there was always some kind of trial. David was frequently running from somebody or, or dealing with uh, different trials. Some of them were brought on uh, by himself. Many were not, of course. And uh, Brother Art, we're no stranger to trials either, are we? Life is filled with trials. And sometimes people look at that and say, well, that, that's evident that God's not at work in our lives. No, it, it's not that at all. It's evident that he is at work in our lives and uh, growing us and teaching us and instructing us just exactly as he had in David's life, bringing him up to this point where his response to trials no longer fearful, uh, no longer immature, no, no longer leaning on his own uh, wisdom or devices apart from the Lord, but absolutely just drawing close to the Lord and, and looking for all that he needs 
uh, in the Lord rather than in himself or in anyone else for that matter. Let's jump in here tonight. See, number one, facing a great difficulty, David sought the Lord early. Mike, he did not delay. He didn't say, oh, I'll pray about it tomorrow. Uh, he says, well, look, look, look back here. Uh, again, the title of Psalm of David, when he's in the wilderness of Judah, oh God, thou art my God. Aren't you glad tonight that the Lord is your God? Amen. And what a wonderful truth. The Lord, the Lord God, he's our God. What an amazing truth. Oh God, David says, thou art my God. Well, if the Lord is his God, it only makes sense that he would draw close to the Lord, his God in the face of, of his trial. So that's exactly what he determines to do. He says, early uh, will I seek thee. David determines in his heart that early he will seek the Lord. Now, early could be understood all kinds of different ways here. Uh, it could be early in life, and that's, that'd be a good thing. Uh, it could be early in the morning each day. That'd be a good thing. And so, we, you know, we understand that. We do well to come to the Lord early in our life. We do well to come to the Lord uh, early each morning. There's, there's great wisdom uh, in that. But I think in context here, Rich, we'd have to say it's pretty clear that David is determined in his heart to draw close to the Lord early in his trial. He found the Lord early in life, no doubt. He's a man that uh, would come to the Lord early each morning. Uh, in Psalm 5 and verse 3, David writes, My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, uh, and will look up. So David understood the wisdom of finding the Lord early in life, the wisdom of beginning each day with prayer and seeking the Lord. But, but here, again, it would seem to be, it would seem to be uh, he's determining to, to draw close to the Lord, to, to seek the Lord uh, early, early in his trial. Um, can you think back uh, to trials uh, earlier in life where uh, you know you should have just got with the Lord, and, and you know you should have been praying and seeking Him for comfort and guidance and direction, but you just didn't. Can you think of a time like that? Uh, you just didn't do that. Uh, maybe, maybe the old habit of relying upon yourself just wasn't broken yet, but uh, we, we've seen in 1 Samuel and other places, we, we've seen David kind of suffer from that natural inclination, and we've seen some of the consequences of that in David's life, Rich, and uh, no doubt you can think back and think of some of the consequences uh, in your own life. Uh, when a trial comes along and, and we just start to respond in our own wisdom, or uh, we've, we put off praying, why do we do that? Why do we, Lord, just don't let us do that. Uh, when a trial comes, Lord, teach us to seek you, teach us to praise, teach us to get into your word and, and meditate on who you are and find comfort and hope. And uh, David sought the Lord early in his trial. Once you see um, under that point, please, look, look at the next part of verse 1. He says uh, to the Lord, he's praying, right? He says, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth. The word underlying longeth, it's used only here. It's, it's the only place this word uh, is used. My flesh longeth for thee uh, in a dry and thirsty land where, where no water is. Uh, the biblical idea of, of soul, if you look all the way back into the first part of Genesis and, and let the Bible kind of define that for us, it, it refers to our total being. I know there's different ways that word can be understood, and perhaps in other places, different ways that, that it's used. But I think here it's, it's best to understand David's referring to his whole self. Uh, he's, he's determining in his heart that he's going to seek the Lord early uh, in his trial. He's not going to wait. He's not going to delay. He's learned that that's 
That, that's a non-starter. That's just not the right way to go. But uh, he's not going to be casual in this decision either. He's going to put his whole soul, his whole being, uh, he's going to invest his whole self, his will, his heart, his mind. He's, he's going he's to throw his whole self into seeking the Lord. He's thirsting for the Lord. Uh, his flesh longeth for the Lord uh, in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. Brother Art, where there's no genuine help apart from the Lord. And David had to learn that. There's, there's all kinds of places where uh, you can look for help. There's all, and you know, there's different kinds of help available in the world, but may I say this, there's no help like the Lord's help. Amen, there's just not, there's, there, there's just not. Um, in Psalm 42, you don't have to go there unless you want to. The, the psalmist writes, as the heart or the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee. Oh God, uh, how, how well we do, Rich, to pray. God, give me that kind of desire for you, to walk closely with you, to know you uh, like that, to have, to have your help. Lord, give me that kind of a desire as the, as the heart, as the deer panteth, a thirsty uh, deer there at the edge of the brook lapping up the water. Lord, give, give me that desire, that kind of desire for you. Uh, in Psalm 143 and verse 6, David writes, I stretch forth my hands unto thee. He's praying. Uh, Lord, I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee uh, as a thirsty land. Lord, give us a thirst for you. Give us a hunger for you. And, and Lord, help us to find uh, you uh, as the answer to those things. Um, did Jesus not say in John 7, 37, if any man thirst, let him come under me and drink? He did say that. He sure did. And uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful satisfaction of our spiritual hunger and spiritual thirst and, and our practical needs as well in Christ. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Uh, Revelation 7, 17 is a wonderful verse, and it seems to allude specifically to the tribulation saints, but there's uh, great truth here. Uh, there, John writes, for the lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, the tribulation saints, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, uh, satisfying their thirst, meeting their needs, and God shall wipe away uh, all tears from their eyes. Brother, our God is a God who meets needs, amen. Lord, help us to keep that in mind and to hunger and thirst after you. Uh, you know, if we hunger and thirst after the Lord as the one that can meet needs like nothing else or, or no one else that's where we're gonna that's what we're gonna seek that's where we're gonna look we're not going to allow ourselves to stray into all things of the world like like Solomon did uh, in Ecclesiastes looking for trying on different things from the world will this meet my need will this meet my need will this scratch this itch will this satisfy this no uh, at least not for long he, he learned that all those things of the world that the world could offer are what, what was that v word vanity here for a moment, maybe they have some effect for a moment, Gary, but no lasting effect. And uh, he came to understand only the Lord, only the Lord could truly meet needs. Father, give us, give us a heart, give us a hunger and a thirst for you, uh, Lord. So David sought the Lord early. He sought the Lord with his whole being. Uh, he sought the Lord uh, next, um, desiring that the Lord would work in his life. See verse 2. He, he, longed, <coughs> he longed to see... He says to, to the Lord, he says to see thy power and thy what? What say? Glory. He says, Lord, I long to see thy power and thy glory so as I've seen thee in, in the sanctuary. 
Uh, what's he doing here? He, he's longing for the Lord in, in a general sense. He's, he's desiring the Lord and, and looking to the Lord for what he needs. But uh, in that, he begins to meditate on what he knows of the Lord, what, what God has revealed in his word and uh, how God has revealed himself to David in his trials. And uh, David, of course, has the unique experience of being one of the Bible writers, right? He's, he's one of the recipients of the inspired words of God. And so uh, he, he's in a unique position of, of having been the initial recipient of, of many of these words and, and truths. And uh, he begins to meditate on what God has shown him, God's power uh, and God's glory. Gary, there's many things in the world that are powerful. You might even argue there's certain things in, in the world that are glorious, but not like the Lord. Amen. Nothing like the Lord. Um, the psalmist says in Psalm 105 and verse 4, Seek the Lord uh, and his strength. Seek his face uh, evermore. Uh, evermore is not put there by mistake. Um, this gentleman that kind of arrived late today uh, knocked on the door. Did that scare you this morning? I mean, that, that was a forceful knock, right? That was a man's knock. and sounded kind of threatening, but this is a man that we met downtown on outreach two weeks back, and he promised that he, he would try to get to church. Well, he got here just an hour late, right? <laughs> he, he got here uh, just an hour late. He, he was talking to me. We spoke for uh, a few minutes, and uh, my wife kept an eye on me to make sure I was okay during that time. Thank you, Mrs. Hammond. She protected me. We spoke for a few minutes. He said, Pastor, one thing that I've seen is that it seems to me that many believers will start out well in their walk with Christ, but, but over time, they, they kind of trail off. You, you, know what, you know what he means, right? Uh, that, that's a natural tendency, right? He says, I've seen so many men start out well walking with the Lord. We saw that with Saul, right? Started out well, uh, got blessed, got prideful, and, and, and things began to fall apart. We're going to see the same thing in David's life. Uh, something similarly starts out very well, uh, and, and God blesses, and we, we've started to see those blessings on Wednesday night in 2 Samuel, and uh, along the way, he, he makes some sinful decisions, and, and things begin to fall apart. Uh, this man that, that, that came this morning, he, he, was, he was bemoaning that. I said, well, listen, um, what you're saying is true. All the way back in Scripture, we see some of, some of the best men, uh, they... they they see that same pattern in their life. And so you do well uh, to stand guard against that. You do well to get yourself into the membership of a church where, where you can be fed uh, and encouraged. Uh, and, and when things start to go downhill, uh, there'll be people that will lovingly grab a hold of you and bring you back to where you need to be. Uh, and I said, listen, you need, to, you need to be sure that you do that. But no matter what, no matter what, you need to be someone who's daily, every day, always seeking after the Lord. This verse again, Psalm 105 verse 4 says, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face evermore. The Bible reminds us over and over and over again that we're saved once, Gary, right? We put our faith in Christ, we're saved in a moment and we're saved forever. We have eternal life, but if we're not careful, we stop seeking the Lord. We stop hungering and thirsting after him, and we begin to slip away practically. Our relationship begets, uh, becomes a little bit colder than it should, and we slip further and further away. Lord, help us to stand guard against that. Lord, help us to be people that seek you and seek your face every day and forevermore. Lord, help us. We need to be a people who encourage each other to do that. Amen? 
You, you see someone kind of weakening or softening or, or, or slipping away. You, we need to be people who will lovingly reach out there and, and encourage each other. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. David's meditating on the Lord here, seeking the Lord early, seeking the Lord uh, not casually, seeking the Lord with his whole self, uh, and seeking the Lord meditating on his attributes, his power uh, and his glory. Uh, and then in verse 3, he said he's meditating on the Lord's uh, loving kindness. Aren't you thankful tonight for the Lord's loving kindness? Uh, Brother Art, aren't you thankful for that? That word is translated a number of different ways. Uh, favor in the sense of grace. It's translated some places as goodness. Aren't you glad tonight that God is good? Aren't you glad tonight that God is good? Imagine if he wasn't consistently good, Brother Art. Imagine if he wasn't perfectly righteous. Imagine if, if he was like us and he got upset and, uh, and, and treated people uh, with an unrighteous, prideful anger at times. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He's perfectly good. Uh, this word is sometimes translated mercy. Uh, the word loving kindness, it has kind of all these ideas uh, built into it. David's meditating on God's power, and he's being comforted by that. He's meditating on God's glory, and he's being comforted by that. He's meditating on God's loving kindness, uh, and, and he's being comforted by that. He says that God's loving kindness is better than what? What does it say there in verse 3? He says, because thy loving kindness is better than life. <laughs> he says, God, your loving kindness is better than life itself. And uh, This is a man who spent some time thinking on, meditating on who God is and, and what he's like, and, and really investing himself in, in understanding and trying to comprehend God's attributes. And his conclusion is these things, uh, this God, <laughs> the, uh, not who he is and what he's like, it's better than life itself. And of course, that, that's a great truth. I have that underlined in my Bible. Uh, he's better than life itself. And uh, it's a wonderful truth. His loving kindness is certainly that. In Psalm 17 and verse 7, make a note if you like. The psalmist says, uh, he prays to the Lord, uh, show thy marvelous loving kindness. Lord, show forth your marvelous loving kindness O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee uh, from those that rise up against them uh, david understood that the lord was inclined to bless uh, to bless his people with protection and that this is it's just consistent with his loving kindness his mercy his grace uh, his his goodness praise god for who he is uh, and what he's like. So uh, picture David again, probably fleeing from Absalom out of Jerusalem uh, into the wilderness, uh, perhaps inclined to lean upon his own understanding, his own wisdom. Uh, but instead, finally having learned, he, he, he draws close to the Lord early now uh, in his trial and he's comforted. He's meditating on who God is and, and what God is like. Uh, and he's comforted, uh, wonderfully, wonderfully comforted. Uh, having done that, uh, he begins to praise the Lord. Mike, he, he, he's just brought to a place where even though he's in a difficult situation, a really difficult situation, uh, he's, he's so rejoiced. Uh, he, he, he's been brought to a place of, of such great joy that he can seek the Lord, and the Lord he seeks 
uh, is his God, uh, and he's a good God. And, and so even in the face of this tremendous trial, uh, he's able to begin praising the Lord. Look at the next part of verse 3. He says uh, to the Lord, he says, my lips, what? Shall praise thee. He determines in his heart he's going to do that. He could have complained, right? He could have been out there in the desert complaining, God, how in the world could you allow this? How in the world could you allow Absalom or whoever it is? How in the world could you allow my own son to come after me and, uh, and, and drive me out of Jerusalem? I'm king. I'm the man that you set up as king. Uh, God, you, you, you've been so... How, how could you allow this? He could have been out there yelling angrily, God, uh, kind of like that place that Job got to and had to repent of. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. Mike, he sought the Lord for help and encouragement and comfort. And he meditated upon who the Lord is and what he's like. And instead of, instead of finding himself in a place of discouragement or anger, he finds himself in a place where he could praise God even in the face of trial. And he determines to do that. Sometimes you just have to decide you're going to praise God even in the face of a trial. Amen? David says, my lips shall praise thee. He just determines in his heart that's what he's going to do. Our, I'm sure that part of the reason is that he understands God's at work in this trial. Right? He, he understands that. He understands how good God is and whether or not God's working in this trial. God is a good God who's worthy of praise. But I'm sure David is also thinking about the fact God is at work uh, in this trial, and so he determines uh, to praise the Lord. Verse 4, he continues, Thus will I bless thee, uh, thus will I praise thee, thus will I please thee uh, while I live. He determines to, to begin praising the Lord or continue praising the Lord and to just keep on doing that so long as he lives. He says, I will lift up my hands um, in thy name. I, I want to ask you a question tonight. Um, do we have a duty to praise the Lord? Is, 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 is that a duty that we have as believers? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a duty that we should take very seriously, right? Uh, it's a duty, it's an obligation, but that's true. I mean, we, we see that over and over and over in Scripture. We are commanded by God uh, to praise him even in the face of trials. And we have examples of men doing that and being blessed for that. Praise God, that benefits us and that benefits the Lord. Uh, it is our duty, but isn't it also a privilege? Isn't it also a privilege? I mean, it's an amazing thing. Uh, yes, the Lord will allow us to face tremendous trials. In Maryland, they're often hard, right? They're hard to face. They're called trials for a reason, right? They try us. We can trust the Lord all day long, but the trials are still hard to face. But even in the face of those trials, we have a duty and a privilege to say, you know what, I know God's at work. I know he's a good God. He's a powerful God. He's a glorious God. He's a God of great loving kindness. I'm going to just determine to do my duty to praise him in the face of that trial. He'll be glorified. Listen, when everything is going great and you're praising God, I don't know how impressed uh, non-believers are people that don't know. i don't know how impressed anyone is by that but when things are going really hard when things are very difficult and, and you're praising god that gets people's attention amen the people see that they, they see you're not crumbling or spiraling down the drain people see that they 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 see that your god is that real uh in your life we have a duty to do that and we have a privilege to praise him in the face of trials 
knowing that that pleases him, but also has an effect on others. Uh, in Psalm 67 and verse 3, the Bible says, the psalmist says, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Yeah, it's a duty and it's a privilege. Um, in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, there's a bunch of reasons uh, to praise the Lord. The uh, Bible says here, but ye are a chosen generation. Amen. A royal priesthood, amen, and holy nation, a peculiar people, uh, that or so that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Is that you? Have you been called out of darkness into his marvelous light? You have some things to praise him for, amen? No matter how bad things get, we have some things to praise him for. Uh, Hebrews 13 and verse 15 Bible says, by, uh, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Lord, help us to make that our business continually. Seeking your face forevermore, continually. Meditating on who you are and what you're like continually, forevermore. Lord, praising you no matter what. Might even say, Mike, uh, <laughs> we might even say that much more in the face of trials. Uh, Lord, continually help us to be about this business uh, of praising you. Look at verse five, please. Uh, David says, my soul, my total being, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, my mouth shall praise thee uh, with joyful lips. Look, look back here um, in, in verse two. No, back in verse one, he says, my soul thirsteth. There, there was a spiritual thirst and a, a physical longing for the Lord in, in a dry and thirsty land. There was nothing uh, in his environment that was gonna meet that need. But if he sought the Lord, uh, he would find the Lord and he would find satisfaction in the Lord. Uh, it seems to me, church, in verse five, David's very confident that the Lord is gonna satisfy his needs. My soul shall be satisfied. Right, that's a great confidence. Where'd that great confidence come from? Well, I, I, God has shown himself to be trustworthy, reliable, faithful uh, in his word, but also in David's life, right? Has God been faithful to you? Has he never, has he ever, let me try that again. Has he ever not been faithful to you? Ever. Has he ever not been faithful to you? If someone said, well, sure, I can think of a time, I said, maybe we need to look at that from a different angle, amen? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a trial that God wanted to work in to teach you and grow you and uh, get you to this place where David is now. Uh, let's, let's look at it differently. Sometimes we have to do that, right? Some, someone will say, I'm not sure God was faithful to me here. He let me go through this great trial. Well, I'll say, praise God. That's God working in your life. Uh, you need to have a different perspective. Um, David, again, begins to meditate on the Lord and uh, the help that he has received from the Lord in the past. Has God been a great help to you in the past? Has he? Does that encourage your confidence, Brother Ametric, that he will be a great help to you in the future? Amen. Does it? It should, right? If, if, if I've been able to be a help to you in the past, uh, and I, that's my desire to be a help to church, practical help to church members, 
Um, I would hope that would grow your confidence that, that it might be a practical help to you in the future, but I'm not God. God has been a great help, a perfect help to us in the past, in the present, and that should grow our confidence, our faith, that, that he'll be that to us in the future. David says in verse 6, he's, he's meditating on, on the Lord and, and the Lord's faithfulness to be a help to him in the past. He says, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee uh, in the night watches. If Lord wakes you up during the night tonight, pray and meditate on who he is and what he's like and what he has done for you and what he is doing for you and what you hope he'll do for you. This is what David did. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. He says in verse seven, because thou hast been my what? Help. God, you've been a great help to me. Here he is, he's, he's out in the wilderness out of Jerusalem, down out of Jerusalem, out into the wilderness, facing great trial. He's, he, and there he, he's thinking about what a help God has been to him. And he says, therefore, in the shadow of thy wings, will I what? Rejoice. He's God, you've been a great help to me in the past. And, and, and had God been a great help to him in the past? Uh, this, this is the same man who faced that little short guy, Goliath, right? giant, right? And, and how is it that David was able to, to fling that, that one stone and take out that great giant? Do you think that was, did David have that kind of skill just naturally? That was supernatural, don't you think? Don't you think that was the Lord working in him and through him to give him that victory? God has proven himself to be a great help to David all the way through his life and a gracious one, a gracious help, more, more help than he, aren't you glad Aren't you glad tonight that God is a bigger help to us than we deserve? He's a gracious God. He's a gracious, I don't, Mike, I don't deserve his help, but I'm thankful for it. He, he's, a, he's a gracious God. He's a gracious helper. So here's David meditating on who God is and what God is like and, and how that has played out in his life practically. God has been, uh, he's, a loving, he's a God of great loving kindness who has shown that to me practically. God, it's in praying about this. God, you've been a great help to me. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings, he views himself in the protective shadow of the Lord's wing as he's out there in the desert, probably feeling quite vulnerable, right? Quite vulnerable to the attack of Absalom or the other enemies uh, of the people. He's probably feeling quite vulnerable, practically speaking, but, but he views himself as being under the protective shadow, the protective wing of his Lord. Is he? He absolutely is. God is God no matter where he is. No matter where we are, no matter where David was, God is God and he doesn't change. He's omnipresent. Uh, he's omnipotent. He knows what we need, when we need it, where we need it. Uh, and so David just reminds himself, this same God who's been a great help to me in the past, he's with me now. And no matter where I am, out here in the wilderness or back home in Jerusalem, I'm under his protective wing, and therefore I can or I will. He determines, uh, he determines that not only will he praise God in the midst of this trial, but what's that final word at the end of verse 7? He will also, he determines to also what? And I say this, that's not natural. You agree? That's not natural. He's out there, in, he's literally out there in the wilderness, having been run out of Jerusalem, evidently, 
uh, and he's praying and praising God and remembering what a help God is and remembering that God's still there to protect, he's rejoicing. That's not natural, it's supernatural. And praise God for that. Can we do the same? Can we do the same? Uh, I asked you tonight if you have a duty uh, to praise God and you said, you said yes. Do we have a duty to rejoice in the Lord also? Do we have, a, do we have the same kind of obligation, Gary, to, uh, that we have to praise the Lord? Bible commands over and over and over again, uh, praise the Lord. It's a, it's, a, it's a duty. It's a great duty. It's, it's a great privilege. Um, but, but we see here also uh, the idea of rejoicing. I would submit to you tonight that we have a duty uh, as well to rejoice. Um, the Bible says uh, a number of places, well, uh, how about 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16? It's a two-word verse. Do you have it memorized? Uh, rejoice evermore. That's a command. It, it, it's a command. Rejoice evermore, uh, always and forever. It's a command. Uh, Philippians 4 and verse 4, you may have this memorized also. Rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, and again, I say rejoice uh, that's a song, right? We used to sing that sometimes. I'm not going to try to sing it, Marilyn, because I can't. I literally can't. But you have that song in your mind, Rejoice in the Lord Always. And again, uh, I say rejoice. These are commands. Uh, and commands point to duties that we have as believers. Uh, Psalm 32, verse 11, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous. Those of us who have been made righteous in the Lord. And shout for joy, uh, all ye that are upright in heart. Yeah, it, we're commanded. Uh, Psalm 5 and verse 11 is the last one we'll look at. But all, let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. It's the psalmist's prayer. Lord, let or help, uh, help us, all, all of us that have put our trust in you to rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. I don't know if David's out there in the wilderness celebrating his trial. I don't, I don't know that he's doing that. But he is celebrating his Lord. He's praising the Lord for being there with him. He's praising the Lord for the knowledge that, that he knows he's under God's protective wing. Uh, he's praising the Lord, and because of that, he's able to rejoice uh, even in the midst of a great trial. Uh, I'm going to ask you tonight, do you have a duty to do that? Do you have a duty to do that? Would, would you go so far tonight as to say that if, if I choose not to um, praise the Lord, if I choose not to seek him early in the midst of a trial, if, if I choose not to meditate on him as, as David is, is demonstrating here and modeling for us, if I choose uh, not to trust him in the midst of a trial, if I choose not to praise him in the midst of a trial, if I choose not to rejoice, is that disobedient? Is it? I think it is. I think it is. We, we could at least say it's not consistent with Scripture, amen? It's not God's way for us. It, it would not be consistent with this model or template that David uh, is panning out for us tonight. And, and Mike, here's, here's what I know. When I make choices that are inconsistent with Scripture, it doesn't go well, amen? Do you agree? It doesn't go well, or at least not as well as it could, right, Brother Art? Uh, it, I, have, I have a wonderful model here for responding to trials. 
And, and here's the thing. Is this hard? Uh, let, me, let me say it differently. Is it hard to understand? I was talking with these two men that, that came at the end of service in the office today, and we were looking at some, some just verses that show how to be saved and verses that point to the importance of being in a church and being a church member and, and being faithful. And, and I asked them, I said, let me ask you a question. Are any of these verses hard to understand? Well, no, pastor, they're not. They're actually really simple. Are you glad for that? Aren't you glad for that? This is not hard to understand. You might say it's hard to do. You might say it's hard to do. And I would agree with you that apart from the Lord, apart from the Lord, um, praising him and rejoicing in the face of a trial, that might be pretty hard. Would you agree? That might be pretty hard. Or you might just say, you know what, not for me, because God has let me experience a bunch of trials. I'm not a young person anymore. God has let me experience a bunch of trials. He's revealed to me that he's at work in them, uh, and, and he's, he's grown me through them, uh, and he's revealed to me that if I'll, if I'll follow this simple model that David, the Holy Spirit gave to David and David gives to us, he, he's shown me that if I'll do this, if I'll just choose to draw close to Lord early in a trial and put my whole self, really mean it, don't be casual about that, and meditate on the Lord, um, he will give me grace. He will make it possible for me to praise him and to rejoice in the midst of a trial. Could you say that? God has shown me that this is possible, uh, and tonight it's just not that hard for me because he gives me grace to do that. You might say that tonight, and I would say, praise God. Amen? I would say, praise God. Amen. But if not, maybe say tonight, you know what? I, I don't know if I've grown quite to that point yet. If you, could, if you could admit that tonight, I would say, praise God. Praise God. You can be honest with yourself. The Lord knows where we are, right, in our spiritual walk, in our, in our growth. I would say, praise God. Be, be honest with yourself. Be honest with the Lord. Uh, and then maybe tonight as, as we close, we stop and pray, Lord, you know what? I understand this, this psalm. It's, it's actually not that hard. It's, it's quite simple. You've given me the ability to understand. Um, but Lord, I'm, I'm going to need your grace. I'm going to need your strength to take it up uh, and live it. And brother, I don't know if there's many prayers that rejoice the Lord more than that because he wants us to see how dependent we are upon him to take up his words and live them, right? We're absolutely dependent on him for strength, for grace, to take up his words uh, and live according to them. Brother Ray, we can't, we can't for long. I mean, you could try, right? And you might have some success, but we run out of our own strength pretty quickly, right? The battery runs down unless we're running on the Lord's never-ending battery. <laughs> we, don't, we don't get very far, but if we'll come and say, Lord, I, I'm just gonna yield to you and ask you for the grace, the strength to live this psalm in the face of trials, you're gonna be able to praise the Lord in the face of trials, uh, and he's gonna make it possible for you to rejoice in the face of trials. Listen, what's the worst thing that could happen to David when he's out there in the wilderness? What's the very worst thing that could happen to him? Brother Garcia? He'd get killed, right? That's the very worst thing that could happen to him. Uh, it, it, he's, he's a man of God, right? He's a believer. Um, if he's killed, what is his future? What is his, where is his next breath breathed? 
What is it? Is it really, is it really the worst thing? Right? Is it really the worst thing? For David, as an Old Testament believer, his next breath, if he was killed in the wilderness, would be in paradise, right? Uh, awaiting the cross and, and the Lord's coming and, and taking them to heaven proper. That'd be the worst thing. Uh, the worst thing might be to live longer, right? Uh, listen, we don't want to get ahead of God's plan and we want to hurry that along because he's put us here to serve him. You, you understand what, what I mean, but... Man, the worst thing that could happen to David is, is he's home with his Lord. That's the worst thing uh, that could happen. Um, so what is there really to fear? What is, what is there really to fear? If he is yielded to the Lord and the Lord's will for his life, if he's just giving himself to the Lord, there's nothing to fear. Uh, you know, if, if you'll just give yourself to the Lord, what is there to fear? God, here I am. Take my life. Use me. Uh, use me for as long as you choose and then call me home. Lord, you calling me home at some point is my great hope. That's, that's my hope, right? Being home with the Lord uh, in a perfect heaven, perfect eternity, that, that's my great hope. Um, I don't know how much of that was on David's mind tonight, but what I do know is that he sought the Lord early in a trial and he was comforted as he meditated on who the Lord is and what he's like, his power, his glory, his loving kindness. And as you meditate on that, he's compelled to praise God for those things. Imagine how important those attributes would have been to David in the midst of this trial. Do you appreciate who God is and what he's like more when things are going well or more when things are going hard? I appreciate, him, I appreciate who he is and what he's like more when things are, are, things are tough. Because I, I know when, when things are, when there's great trials, I just sense a greater need for the Lord in my life at that time, right? That's just, I mean, aren't, aren't we made that way? When, when you have big needs, you're going to naturally have, supernaturally maybe, a greater appreciation for who the Lord is and what he's like. Praise God and thank him for that. Praise him for that. God, you allowed a great trial and uh, you, I remember to meditate on who you are and what you're like and you know what in the midst of this trial I have a greater appreciation for your power and your glory and your loving kindness I'm going to praise you for that I'm going to rejoice in that and Lord I'm going to trust you to be a God who can help me in the midst of this trial that's what David did and having done that he he did rejoice he did rejoice we'll look at the last verses here quickly he says in verse 8 my soul Followeth hard after thee. That's not a, a common uh, phrase. Uh, to follow hard after something is to pursue it. Uh, to, Mike, to run after it and grab onto it. That's, that's the idea. Uh, he said, my soul, my whole being, Lord, I, I, I follow hard after you. I, I, like he's, he's running after the Lord and, and grabbing onto him and holding on tight to the Lord. My soul followeth hard after thee, Lord. In thy right hand, what's the next word there? Upholdeth. Who? Jesus me. God, you, you're upholding. You know what upholding means? You know what it means? Holding up. <laughs> yeah, Gary, it, it pictures sustaining someone or helping them. You know, it's verse 7, there's the word help. And verse 8, David's praising God, uh, rejoicing that the Lord will, will uphold him in the, and throughout this trial, help him, sustain him or help him, hold him up. Um, 
And then verse 9, 10, 11, we're done. He, David just, he's, he's blessed with this wonderful confidence that God's going to help him. And one of the ways God's going to help him is protect him from his enemies. He says in verse 9, but those that seek my soul, he's talking to the Lord, to destroy it shall go into lower parts of the earth. Uh, they'll be killed. Uh, they shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion uh, for the foxes. Rich, is, his enemies are going to become fox food. That's what he says. Um, he says this in verse 11, but, but the king, but me, but, but me, myself, I, but I shall rejoice. There it is again. I shall rejoice in God. There it is again. He, he can do that. Having done what he's done, he can rejoice. I will rejoice in God. He's determined, determined to do that, and he's able to do that. He's everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. Everyone that sweareth by him, everyone that trusts in him shall glory, celebrate, praise the Lord, but the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. David had found a wonderful confidence that God would help him. He would protect him from his enemies, that he would mete out justice, judgment against his enemies, uh, and that he would, just, he would just rejoice in all of this, uh, knowing that God was at work both to help him and to execute justice against his enemies. Does it make any sense to fear if God is at work in our lives? Does it make sense to fear? I know we still struggle with it at times. You've got to take it to the Lord, right? Give the fear to him. Uh, we have some verses in Philippians 4, right? Uh, give it to him with thanksgiving and receive wonderful peace from him. Um, we have here tonight uh, a wonderful template, a model response uh, to trials. Seek the Lord early. Be comforted as you meditate on his attributes. Rejoice then in the face of difficulty. It's hard to meditate on God's attributes without being caused to rejoice. If you really meditate on who he is and what he's like, you're going to rejoice in that, uh, even in the face of trials. Uh, David was blessed with the calm anticipation of God's help. He hadn't seen it all yet, but he was blessed by the Lord that the same God who had helped him in the past would help him in the present, might get in the future as well. And so he wasn't running around anxious, worried, crying. He had a wonderful, calm peace. And we can too. Amen. Lord, help us to do just that. This can be hard to do, but we have the Spirit of God. Are you indwelt by the Spirit of God? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for your words. Lord, I thank you tonight again that I'm indwelt by the same Holy Spirit who gave forth these words. What a privilege. What an unthinkable privilege. Lord, this is, this is just a wonderful passage of Scripture. I thank you again for it tonight. Father, I thank you tonight that you have seen fit to give us a wonderful, simple model, a template for responding to very serious trials. Lord, I thank you tonight for it. Lord, I thank you tonight that it's, it's your way, it's, it's your word, it's the way that you've given us. And Lord, I know tonight that you don't call us to anything that you don't enable us to do. And so I thank you for that tonight. Lord, I pray tonight if, if we're convicted, if we recognize that our response to trials 
is different than what we've seen here tonight. I pray that we would be quick to confess that, to agree with you. Lord, I fall down here, here, and here. Uh, this is not yet my habit. This is not yet my routine when a great trial comes. And so, Lord, I, I confess that. I ask you tonight for grace to take up each of these things, uh, to make these things my response to trials. Perhaps tonight you'd say, Lord, I, I recognize that I don't often get to a place in the midst of a great trial where I can praise you or rejoice. And perhaps you recognize tonight that's because we, we fail to do the first things that David did, seeking the Lord early in a trial or meditating on the Lord early in a trial, praying, seeking him, getting into his words and finding if, if that part is missing, the rejoicing and the praising will be hard. Maybe tonight you'd say, Lord, I, I recognize that. I, I need your help to establish this pattern in my life. And so, Lord, I ask you tonight for grace to remember these things and to do these things. I'll give you a moment to pray and we'll close. Lord, I thank you tonight that I have a Savior who's promised to not leave me nor forsake me in the midst of any trial. Lord, I thank you tonight that I have a Savior who will be faithful to that promise. Lord, I also understand tonight that there's things that you've called us to do in the face of trials. Father, I pray tonight that we'd be faithful to take up your way, your plan, according to your word, that our response to trials would bring you honor and glory and praise. Lord, I know tonight, as I so often pray, this will be such a great and wonderful help to us, but more importantly, be a wonderful opportunity to bring you praise, honor, and glory. I pray, Father, that you teach us to take up these principles and Lord, as we do, that our Savior would be honored and glorified in these things. Lord, I pray people look upon our lives and our response to trials and say, there's something real in our lives that I need. Lord, I pray that, that create opportunities for us to point people to Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Father, I thank you tonight for who you are, for what you're like. Thank you for sending your only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die in my place. Lord, I'm grateful. Father, I thank you tonight for my church family. I'm, I'm so very grateful for them. I pray, Lord, that you have your hand upon each one, that you bless and meet needs as you've promised. Lord, I pray tonight for each of our practical needs. We look to you, Father, to meet them. Father, I pray tonight for spiritual needs, emotional needs. Lord, you know each heart, you know where each of us stands tonight before you. I pray, Lord, that uh, you'd comfort where that is needed. 
Lord, I thank you tonight that you're a God of, of great compassion and great comfort, great mercy. Lord, teach us to avail ourselves of that. Father, I love you tonight. I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Garcia.